0: All right. Uh, I'm going to run through the details here related to the PowerPoint on culture for Module 3. In looking at that, obviously there are a number of things we'll talk about in class, but I want to make sure that I covered some of those things specifically with you. Uh, Looking at the idea of culture itself or the way of life for people and the shared ways of doing things and adapting to their particular environment, there are a number of challenges, uh, including the fact that in some cases it's hard to define the boundaries that exist between one culture and the next. Uh, Looking at who belongs to a particular culture and setting those barriers in terms of the markers that identify one specific culture from the next. Uh, We talk in class about the idea of cultural universals and cultural particulars and some of those things it's hard to attribute who actually would recognize and claim that particular cultural particular. Uh, the idea of society is the concept of those that share community or a definable region as well as a culture uh, in relation to that. Uh, as I mentioned before, and on one of the first discussions that we had on culture talked about the difference between universals and particulars. Universals are those patterns of traits that all, nation, all cultures will possess basic things like food, shelter, language, exchange systems, uh, belief systems, some type of government or discipline. Uh, it's going to be interpreted in a number of different ways, but the concepts are there. With cultural particulars, you look at the idea that uh, nourishment is the concept that's universal, the definition of what constitutes food can be very different from culture to culture in terms of, some of the things that they're willing to eat and some of the things that they don't. Uh, another thing to look at in terms of when meals are eaten, how they're prepared, uh, how often people eat, the types of food that might be appropriate from one meal to the next. For example, uh, looking at things that we consider to be breakfast foods uh, that others may not see as being something that might be appropriate or vice versa, things that they might eat. For example, I know one of the staples in England is to have beans with breakfast, which is something that mm, some people may not see that as something that would be on their list of choices when it comes to that morning meal. The challenge of passing on culture is another issue that we'll look at in terms of how that's transmitted and taught, whether it's through socialization or other practices, moving from one generation to the next One of the other issues that I wanted to make sure I talked about is the challenge of ideal versus real culture. Ideal culture is the standard by which you would hope to live up to. Real culture is how it's enforced. So looking at the idea of American, our American society, and discussing the fact that we have all these ideals in terms of the value of equality and basic rights and things like that, but in many cases, inequality still exists, and wondering about the questions of why that's the case, uh, as opposed to here's the expectation, here's the reality, uh, and some of the challenges that exist with that. We'll also talk about the idea of material versus non material culture and we'll talk about that concept when it relates to cultural capital as well. Uh, but material and culture are those tangible things that have meaning, have a name assigned to them by a specific culture. Your non material culture, which we'll talk about in terms of PV as being an example, are your values. Those things that are held to be good, right, or important. Your beliefs, which are the shared tenets that are convinced to be true the norms that establish appropriate rules of behavior that are both written and unwritten, and the symbols that exist that have meaning within a given culture, constitute the categories of non-material culture. Uh, Within one of those concepts of non-material culture, you talk about norms. And you can have both formal and informal norms looking at those that are written out specified and there's a punishment assigned to some of them in some cases whereas informal norms are those that are more casual behaviors that are accepted and expected and people conform to them but nothing is spelled out specifically in many cases you can also look at the idea of mores those are the norms that carry significant consequences if you violate those particular norms or expectations of a society then you have folkways which are more day-to-day practice that are expected of individuals but don't necessarily come with a significant punishment if you violate them. In terms of interpreting a particular culture, one other aspect you'd look at is the idea of language and how that can impact perception and understanding of what's going on uh, or some type of communication. And we'll talk about linguistic relativity in class and look at some of those relationships that exist Uh, The Sapir-Whorf hypothesis talks about this idea of how uh, language can affect perception. And one example, as I have laid out here for you, looks at the idea of time. And with the English language, they look at time as a possession or a quantity that you can control. That I have an hour to do this, or I'll give you 15 minutes, or give me 10 minutes and I'll get this done. The fact that you have control over that, whereas in other cultures like... Uh, The Hopi Nation is the idea that it's becoming later. You can't possess time. Uh, You live in a circumstance where uh, things happen, uh, but you're not necessarily associating it with an hour time frame. Uh, The fact that you recognize that the sun is going down and those type of things, but it's not a matter of keeping to a clock uh, with what you're looking at. So perspectives and trying to grasp the idea of time and having a limited amount of time to do things... Would be a difficult situation for someone from the Hopi Nation uh, if they're placed in our particular culture. We'll also talk about the idea of diversity, obviously, and uh, with that, the issues are associated with uh, the existence that occurs between cultures sharing space and how the issues can come into play in terms of ethnocentrism, looking at issues of cultural relativism, and the interplay between those different cultures. Uh, I'll mention in class, when we talk about the three types of cultural capital, objectified is that which is tangible, that holds monetary or um, symbolic value or can convey status to someone else, including outsiders. Your embodied cultural capital are those things that are meant to be internalized, like your language, your morals, your values, your faith. And then institutionalized cultural capital are those things that are particularly valuable in a given social setting. Uh, In some cases, that may not be particularly valuable in other settings, but within this particular culture, to be successful and achieve your goals, you might need to have this knowledge or this opportunity or this skill uh, in order to be successful. One other term that I want to make sure you're familiar with is the idea of a cultural anchor. And these are things that are both material and non-material that elicit some type of consensus amongst members about its meaning, uh, but still allow for some debate and dissent. You know, looking at the idea of the American flag is an example of a symbolic, tangible thing Uh, that all people have a connection back to, regardless of whether they're Democrat, Republican, male, female, young or old, that type of thing. There's still that connection back to the meaning of the flag, the history behind it, and those types of things related to that particular culture. Uh, Later in the unit, we will talk about subcultures and countercultures that are break away from the mainstream in terms of having distinct values, norms, beliefs, and symbols that would set them apart from mainstream culture. Uh, Three different categories that we'll discuss in looking at that are your communitarian utopians that break away from the mainstream in order to form their own little utopia, their perfect place uh, that they do not want outside interference from mainstream culture. Your mystics are those individuals that break free individually to try and find some type of personal enlightenment moving forward and then your radical activists actually turn their attention towards the mainstream culture because they're trying to change it in their own image or their own perspective to try and uh, adapt mainstream culture to fit fit their viewpoints whatever that particular radical activist group might be a couple more terms that i want to make sure i went over with you really quick Uh, The idea of ethnocentrism is the fact that you use your home culture to judge others in terms of value or worth. You know, If you hear someone saying that they're driving on the wrong side of the road, that is an ethnocentric viewpoint uh, in looking at that your culture is the right one and someone else not following those norms is doing something wrong. Uh, Cultural imperialism takes it a step further that you're actually trying to impose your values on another culture, whereas cultural relativism, is the idea that you do not have any baseline in terms of judging other cultures. You simply take it as it is and understanding that it must be understood and examined in its own context. Xenocentrism takes it a step further that you actually see other cultures being superior to your own, um, which is the opposite of an ethnocentric approach. Two other terms uh, that are important for this module that you want to be familiar with, the idea of culture shock, uh, when people experience some sort of mental or physical strain adapting to a new culture, uh, you have to look at people that are foreign exchange students, or people that uh, move into a different country, or people that uh, Go into war and are in combat for the first time, you can run into some issues in terms of trying to deal with the circumstance of what you're looking at. Uh, reentry shock is when you come back, that you've been away from your home culture, come back, and now have to reacclimate. You know, you talk about soldiers that struggle with issues in terms of civilian life, that would be an example of reentry shock. Or people that have been away. Uh, as foreign exchange students or a semester abroad or working overseas then then come back and have to deal with how things uh, are now carried out back in their hometown or back where they grew up, which may be very different than they've grown to be accustomed to. Cultural diffusion is the process by which ideas, inventions, or ways of behaving are borrowed and then adapted into a new culture. I mean, you talk about the melting pot idea with an American culture, and a lot of that boils down to the idea of cultural diffusion and how that's going to be incorporated. And then you get into the issues of adaptive culture, which they're borrowing and looking at how those things are going to be incorporated into that entire process. Now, at the end of this PowerPoint gives you some examples of looking at how each of the four perspectives fit in with this idea of culture. So make sure you take a look at that and uh, are clear in terms of how the four lenses incorporate those different ideas. So uh, that's it for this one. Um, we'll continue talking about culture in class. Thanks.